Hello and welcome to the Samoff Specialty Spotlight Podcast. This podcast was created to help inform military medical students about experiences and opportunities in military medicine. We aim to interview physicians either currently in or retired from the military from all branches of service and various specialties. Today, we are fortunate to have Dr. Erica Grimm with us. Erica is currently a third-year pediatric resident at Madigan Army Medical Center. How are you, Erica? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So I'm just going to start asking you questions about your pediatric residency. Where did you go to medical school? What branch were you in? Can you just give us some background information about yourself? Absolutely. I applied to only DO school. That was an important aspect for me when I was choosing where to go to school. I really valued the osteopathic principles. I only applied to those schools. I ended up accepting a position at West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine and was able to do the HCSC scholarship through the Army. Okay, awesome. So what made you choose pediatrics as your specialty? I tried really, really hard to not do pediatrics. My introduction to medicine in general was in high school when I worked at a diabetes camp for kids, and I also volunteered at our local children's hospital in the HEMOC ward. So my entire exposure was pediatrics to start with, So when I was in medical school, I made it a point to be very open-minded and try out other specialties, and it was very obvious that I just kept coming back to pediatrics because that's what I loved. I was happiest, you know, leaving the days from the Peds clinic, and I knew that I I was lighting up around my pediatric patients, and it became pretty obvious despite my best efforts to keep an open mind. I had to do pediatrics. When you know, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. It's really interesting, too, because I actually am interested in teeth myself. It's currently my number one, and I've had experience in both geriatrics and pediatrics, and really the only part of geriatrics that I really, really like is memory care, which has some parallels with pediatrics to an extent. I mean, obviously, it would, indeed. I definitely understand that of really just having a lot of experience within that field. And I, I'm in the same place right now where I'm about to start third year and I do want to keep my mind open. But I, I'm very much leaning towards speed. It's what makes me happier. I very specifically remember sending my sister a Snapchat um, on my third day in the Peds clinic wearing, like, a Disney scrub top. And I was like, yes, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. That's great. All of my scrubs are also pediatric scrubs. <laughs> so where did you do your audition location? And then what made you choose your residency location? So for pediatrics in the Army, we have four potential locations. Those include Walter Reed in the D.C. area, San Antonio um, Medical Center down in San Antonio, formerly known as Bansky. Madigan Army Medical Center where I am now, and we have Trip Litter on Oahu and Hawaii. Looking at those four options, 
I decided to do my ABT rotations at the ones that were furthest away so that I would have the opportunity to have something to go back in to explore those programs. Being from upstate New York and going to school in West Virginia, I decided to um, book my ABT rotations at Tripler in Hawaii and Madigan in the Pacific Northwest in Washington. They both went very well. I also tried to do a non-ADT at Walter Reed since it was pretty close to my school or drivable at least. My school's affiliation agreement fell through with them, so unfortunately I could not complete that rotation. But I was conversing with them via email and over the phone. And then uh, having done bullet and actually a famous conference in the San Antonio area, I had seen Dancy a couple of times and felt comfortable doing a phone interview with them as well. Ultimately, I took a number of things into consideration in choosing my final location. Location itself was something that was very important to me. And when you're choosing which location for residency, it's really important because it's a big personal decision that a ton of factors go into. So for me, location was important. I am not a study person. I don't thrive well kind of in that environment. Walter Reed was a little bit lower on my list just due to that. Um, Location-wise, it would have been great. But I, I just know myself and know that I don't thrive in a more urban environment. And then after that, San Antonio, I was very comfortable with that area. I really enjoyed my interview over the phone. They ended up ranking number two for me, just based on my taking everything. And then of the two audition rotations I did, I loved both of the programs. They were both smaller programs, and they were not multiple service programs like Walter Reed in San Antonio, so they were just army. Tripler was a wonderful program. Hawaii is obviously absolutely gorgeous and a wonderful place to be, but it was a little too far to be away from my family, just with personal things. It is very special to me because my husband proposed to me there while I was on that rotation. Um, but ultimately, it was a little too far for us to be away from family. So we settled on Madigan Army Medical Center. Additionally, you know, when making these choices and my audition rotation, I really got along with the residents there. All of them were so helpful and fantastic and really allowed me to help and see where my shortcomings were. So I had not only an amazing educational experience in pediatrics there, but was also able to drive with the team really well and ultimately made the decision to join that or hope for that residency program and thankfully the master agreed. Awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to be matched to the program of your choice. Okay. I was so excited. Oh my gosh, I can't wait until, you know, that day happens for me as well. <laughs> Did you apply to any civilian programs? For Army Pediatrics, specifically, that was not an option. I know that in many of the programs and other branches, that is an option, and I know that some programs like general surgery and things are allowed to have civilian deferment, but that was not an option for Army Pediatrics. So I did not apply to any civilians. And then earlier you mentioned that 
going to the Air School is a very important decision for you. Are you able to utilize your OPC knowledge when working with children? So I can. It just depends on kind of our attending comfort level and credentials and things like that. We do have a handful of practicing EO physicians within our pediatric department at Nancy. Our clinic director currently is a DO, and she has offered, you know, anything money that we can get her to pre-process us. And then some of our physicians on the ward are also DOs. So it is exciting to be able to use it when the time allows or the preceptors are available. How often do you feel that you use your osteopathic knowledge? So it really varies depending on what you're seeing osteopathic medicine or like the manipulated medicine and techniques are, you know, more applicable to some things over others. For general peace clinic and adolescent clinic with all the MSK complaints is really helpful. On the ward too, there are a number of uses you can have when patients come in as CEO. I would say depending on the rotation, a couple times per rotation. Okay, great. And then how large is the pediatric program at Madigan? How many patients do you guys typically have each day? It varies quite a bit, especially in the setting of COVID, certainly. On our ward, we can have anywhere from like um, one to ten patients. We also have small PICU, a couple bed PICU. But we also do rotations at our local children's hospital in Chisholm at Marybridge. And we also do a PICU rotation at Seattle Children's. If there's any volume lacking at our military hospital, we also get the experience of the high-volume children's hospitals during our residency, which has been invaluable. I'm really glad to say that with the civilian hospitals as well, so you can get a little bit of a different feel. What do you think is going to happen with the changes that the military is making to residency programs in regards to peace potentially being quote-unquote on a chopping block? That's a great question. And I know um, that it's different for every branch, but the Army specifically has not made big cuts in pediatrics. And my department has faced that pediatrics is something that is integral to our Army medicine and is going to continue. I think that we add great value not only to our patients and our dependents that we see on a daily basis, but we also add a lot of value to our operational force. We have tons of pediatricians in operational medicine, like deciding surgeons, grade surgeon spots. We have pediatricians deploying. So we make up a very, you know, important, just from a numbers standpoint, a very important portion of operational medicine. It is also essential for the training of other residencies that we do see in serve pediatrics, you know, family medicine, Reserve those specialties need exposure to pediatrics as well. I don't think we're going anywhere. I think the Army has been wise in kind of keeping their priorities along with us. So I think we're in a good spot right now. How did you excel during your pediatric object publication? 
The audition rotations were really exciting for me. Um, not only exciting and scary, <laughs> um, being in my first kind of military setting, but also they were my first opportunity to work with residents. My rotations previously had not had any residents due to the fact that they were in rural West Virginia. So that was very exciting, definitely a change in how I was doing things, much more academic, which I really appreciated. And really just getting yourself organized and making sure that basically you're where you need to be when you need to be there and just putting forth all of your effort. And that really shows if you're there to learn and you're putting forth effort and you're a good person to work with and you really want to see the whole team excel and not just yourself, I think that goes a really long way and shows people that you're someone that they want to work with if they bring you into the department. What do you think made you competitive for application-wise? Do you think that your test scores made a difference? Your comments or how you performed on the actual audition was the most important aspect? Honestly, I think how I performed on the audition was my most compelling um, feature of my whole application. I am not stellar at standardized tests. I definitely did not rely on my homework scores to get me anywhere. I kind of hit the ground running when I entered the rotation and tried to be as helpful and learn as much as possible and really tried to get to know the residents that I was working with and the staff that I was working with and let them know that I'm here to work and here to help and here to learn as much as possible and be a member of the team. I think with that being said, you know, board scores are very important. You have to make sure that you pass all the requirements and you show that you can pass these things because you're expected to pass boards and you're doing a residency as well, so that's an important consideration. I think doing community service or research if that's something you're interested in, not just doing it to do it, are important things on your association and with that being said, research was not something I was interested in. I'm much more clinically minded. And being able to like showcase who you are and where your strengths lie and mine being kind of in clinic and, and working along the team was where my application was potentially different. Do you feel like you had a lot of enthusiasm going in? and just demonstrated what you were willing to learn and just work hard. Yeah, definitely. I, like I said, it was a big deal of clinical decision, so it was all very new, but just, you know, could not hold down. You know, you threw everything all day to know everyone. Um, it was really important on that audition rotation. After you were accepted for the spot, how was your intern year? Intern year is definitely a big transition. It's different than you ever mentally prepared for. <laughs> Residency is supposed to be academically and physically challenging. In addition to, you know, our rigorous pediatric residency, we also have demands from the Army and things that some of our pediatric colleagues on the civilian side don't necessarily have to deal with during residency either. My intern year was full of support and constant communication or feedback on how to do better and 
and really the fun things that are really appreciate from our program. Anything is overwhelming. You're, you're doing it even hours a week. You're doing things you've never done before. You know, you're putting in orders. You are taking ownership of these patients. Really, it's, it's hard and it's overwhelming while you're in it. But having been through a few years and starting a third year residency now, it's amazing how much you learn looking back. There's a lot to take in, but it's definitely worth going through and finding that location that's going to be helpful for you, that personal support system, and the support of your co-residents, I think, is paramount to get into it. It's really great advice. How was your second year and also your third year? The second year is great in that you are now familiar with the system. You have the ability to teach the incoming interns and realize just how much you learned. It's amazing when they come in and you're like, oh, actually, actually, I do know these topics. And I, I remember being an intern last year and and I'm actually comfortable with managing these patients now. So it's a huge learning curve. You know, you're, you're taking in the fire hose, injuring your second year, you start putting all the pieces together and managing your patients and managing interns and medical students and doing more teaching. And so kind of see one through one things one. You're seeing a bunch of things in medical school. You're doing a bunch of things in premier and and now you're able to teach it and realizing how much you know and how much you've grown. And it's so demanding time-wise that you have developed your, your systems and, you know, your approach to different things. And, and then you can really, you know, embrace your fellow residents and embrace the ethics as a whole, which I love. And it's great. So going into third year, I'm, I'm really excited to put all of that together and, continue teaching and start looking for new interesting opportunities. Do you know what you want to do when you finish third year? Yeah, so I am definitely a general pediatrician at heart. I don't have any intention of doing any um, subspecialties at this point. There are a number of pediatric subspecialties you can train in, even in the army, which is super exciting. Um, I just know that I love the majority of pediatrics and I love seeing children of all ages and I know general pediatrics is what I want to do and you know go out and be an army pediatrician at least one of these small med friends. So we don't know where we're gonna end up yet. That'll happen in the springtime to find out where the army would like to to go applying for fellowship. That happens at the beginning of third year, so that the army can kind of figure out who we're going to train, where we're going to train everybody, and, and so on from there. It's really exciting. I would love to go be a general pediatrician at a med bed or do something a little bit more operational. Yeah, it's exciting. Do you have the opportunity to do something operational, or do you have the opportunity to deploy after you finish your residency? Yeah, definitely. There's a couple different tasks you can do, and it's all, you know, mainly based on the needs of the army, but if you're in communication with our consultants and things like that, letting them know where you want to be can sometimes help them. So you can 
be a general pediatrician or a papa in the Army, and you have a number of locations and things you can do with that. And some of those 60 papa positions are also assigned to units that deploy. So you can do some, you can do, you know, a little operational medicine that way. And then you can also become a battalion surgeon, which is more operational and taking care of sick call readiness and, and those sorts of things. So even being a pediatrician, I can be a battalion surgeon and work more directly with soldiers for a little while and then get back into pediatrics or whatever my career leads me. So it's exciting to have those opportunities. I really do appreciate the fact that the military does allow you to dip your toes into different arenas while still maintaining your specialty of course. So what in general do you like about pediatrics and is there anything that you don't like about it? I know that people always say, why would you want to go into peds? But parents are horrible is a general <laughs> statement that other people tell me. <laughs> I think pediatrics is awesome. Kids are resilient. They're so resilient and, and they seem, you know, that that true like organic disease. A lot of times I struggled in adult medicine. The older individuals who had made some more choices that led them to have worsening of certain conditions or conditions in general and I really struggled with that. But these are these are kids you know, most of the time it's just organic disease and you know, you don't necessarily know, you know, why they're getting certain illnesses or diseases. It's really exciting medicine for me. But also, educating parents, some of my most rewarding, I guess, clinic experiences are with the newborn parents. For parents who have had their first child and they're all wide-eyed. <laughs> my place is if everything is going okay. Those are really exciting because you can do so much education and um, anticipatory guidance and, and really, really help them out when they're stressed and overtired and things and then on the same token, our adolescents can do so much education and, and try to help them stay safe and make the decisions and know that you're their partner when the, the decisions they make may not go their way, of course, when they're just beyond sick or anything, just being a partner in medicine with them. So really exciting in general for pediatrics. Yes, sometimes the parents are tough, particularly when they're making decisions that you don't necessarily agree with in terms of, like, questions and things. So that would probably be the part I like the least. Um, when I make a recommendation that um, I know would benefit the child and, and the parents from their state education and counseling, and that would probably be the most frustrating point. And some pediatrics is practicing medicine, and, and sometimes we can't always cure, you know, 100% of the patients, which is particularly devastating in pediatrics, but just seeing all the little smiles and the laughs and then that five-year-old that runs up to you and can't wait to tell you what happened with their friends and their friends and they're so beautiful. It's all just, it kind of walks out and it's, it's really rewarding for me anyway. Yeah, I have a, a similar perspective. I feel like the hardest for me was, I work at Children's Hospital in Colorado and 
we saw a lot of abuse cases, and that was really mm-hmm. interesting. The abuse cases where it was an adult sort of child, that to me was like, uh, that's very hard to deal with mentally because you think, well, how could somebody ever do this to a child? So I definitely battled with that a lot, but ultimately, I mean, at that point I was like, okay, terrible thing happened to this kid, but now we're here taking care of them. And hopefully mm-hmm. they improve, their condition improves, they get better. And all that I can do right now is just like comfort this child. And there's, I can't do anything to get rid of the past, but I can try to give them the best care possible moving forward. That's quite dealt with like any of those harder cases, but most of the cases aren't like that. Most of them, the kids are, like you said, very happy. I mean, I definitely have on occasion taken blood pressure on a stuffed animal because the kid wanted it and I didn't have a problem with that although the blood pressure is possible it'll just pop off so that's not good you're like oh it works it's fine <laughs> you're fine you need a little imagination a little pretending to get it so child abuse cases are always always hard and, and pretty devastating but knowing that you're not working alone, um, that you have a team. And the military is nice in that. So not only do we have a team that we come to within Madison, but we also have child abuse centers. They want near us, and there's one in Tacoma with Marigold as well, that we actually rotate with so that we, we know what to look for. And my father did is, you know, kind of have a sense of what to do. But then the Army also has family advocacy program and then jumping around and other things that can help you too, which is kind of a perk of working in the military. Another perk of working in the military in pediatrics is knowing that your dependents are covered for the most part and not helping to deal with attending insurance issues and things like that and knowing that your patients are, are getting what you prescribe for the most part, which is a great comfort to me, and I really like practicing under that. Obviously, that's not to say they get absolutely everything. Some of the specialists have to deal with insurance and payoffs and things more than I would, but it's a comfort to know that the Army in general takes care of our own and your kids get the same thing. It's a really great thing, right? You see some women are going out there supporting to help our country. And we're taking care of potentially the people that are most important to them, which are their children. And there's really not like a greater honor than that, in my opinion. Absolutely. They're taking care of soldiers' children so that their minds can be what's ahead of them, you know, on their game plan and on the ready. It's so important to know that their family's taking care of you. That's amazing. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for taking care of all those kids. I So my last question, what advice do you have for people who want to map into pediatrics? I think my biggest advice is be transparent with the residents you work with, with the different programs you rotate at. Even if you can't get those rotates, I know everything is COVID crazy. And um, there are a lot of travel restrictions and things, but like make yourself known. 
having been part of the selection process for incoming like medical students, interns for our department, we really want to get a sense of who you are as a person and where you want to go. I think that the you know, selection tries to do the best they can in matching everyone where they want to be or like knowing you for their family and things like that. Um, so being you know, transparent, you, I'm not saying you have to go say, yes, you know, number one, or sorry, you're fourth, but I'm not getting here anyway. But trying to be transparent with the program so that they really get a sense, it just hopes everyone end up kind of where they want to be or, or where they should be. Um, it's really helpful. Thank you so much for that advice, man. And that wraps up our episode with Erica today. Thank you for your time and sharing your experiences with our future military physicians. For those of you listening, if you have any recommendations for the podcast or anything you'd like to hear in particular, feel free to email samops at gmail.com.